today on It's Time. May I suggest entering God's Word. Not every spirit is telling the truth. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 1 John. So turn there in your Bible and join Pastor Mike. Demonic forces hate human beings. I've had people say, well, I'm not a Christian and I'm not an occultist. I'm neutral. No, you're fooled. You're either for me or against me, Jesus said. And if you're not for Christ, doesn't mean the devil doesn't want to destroy you. A lot of people say, well, I'm not a Christian, so, you know, the devil doesn't bother me. Ho, ho, don't ever believe that. If you look around, you'll find wicked people and you'll find the devil's handiwork in their life as they're strung out, as their bodies are being racked with just the enticements of the world. You see it. You know, I, I don't think it becomes any more obvious as you get older in your life. Many of the people I went to school with are dead because they believed the lie of the world. It isn't that, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, I'm not a Christian uh, and and so, you know, I'm kind of friends with God and the devil. (laughs) No, no, the devil wants to kill you. Why? Because the Bible says human beings were created in the image of God. And because you were created in the image of God, every time I believe the devil, demons look at you, they go, how can I trip them up? How can I destroy them? Give them them 99 truths. Slip them the one lie to destroy them. That's the way the devil works. The Bible says he's got 6,000 years experience over you and me. That's why you better have Jesus between you and the enemy. Always, always, don't ever fool yourself. The devil is not your friend even if you're not a Christian. He wants to destroy you. He's the destroyer. That's his name, the Bible says. But, he says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Thanks be to God. You've got a dynamo in you that will override the powers of darkness and the forces of evil. You may get down in your life, but you're not out. You may have trouble in your life, but God hasn't forgotten you. The Bible tells us that you have this great promise from God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If that's not underlined in your Bible, it should be. Because when you go through a hard time in your life, and you will as a Christian, maybe you're doing good right now, great, praise God. 
But if you go through a hard time in your life, you better not ever forget your roots. You better not ever forget who you are because the devil will do everything he can to make you forget. That's why I believe over and over in this book of John that we're reading here, he says, beloved, be beloved, you are loved, all these things. Why? Because he wants to reiterate to us how important it is we don't forget our identity is in Christ. You don't think there's a real battle going on out there? You don't think that uh, Hollywood knows about it? Seen some of the movies that come out? In fact, it's always amazing to me what I, what I see. And, and it's, it's portrayed that almost evil is cool. Well, we have to remember, know who you are. Never forget who you are. You are of God, little children. I like that. God calls us little children. Have you ever been around little children? I have. I got some. They do really goofy things. You ever notice that? And they'll do goofy things thinking what they're doing is really good. I remember my niece told me that her goofy little kids, precious, cute little things, got into some of those Sharpie markers and decorated their entire living room with them. They couldn't get the ink out of their sofas. They couldn't do, it it was just a total. Yeah, and they thought they were doing good. I wonder about us sometimes when God calls us as little children, God knowing all the things that you and me would do wrong still chose us to be part of his kingdom and to tell us that we're loved. I like that. That tells me a lot about God. He says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as the world and the world hears them. We are of God, and he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. And by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The world wants to hear what it wants to hear. But when you're of God, God tells you, and it's heard by other people who have that same built-in supernatural radio receiver of God in your heart. And that's why we have fellowship. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now, this isn't that gooey uh, uh, kind of uh, feeling thing. This is a commitment type of love of agape. This is why we take care of one another, watch over one another, protect one another. Uh, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So if a person's out backbiting, tearing down another Christian or whatever, I just look at that person and say, oh, that person needs to be born again. Well, they say they're a Christian. Yeah, but they're not. Oh, Mike, you shouldn't judge. I didn't. God's word did. See, that's how you know. Because if you really look at what the Word of God says, it's going to tell you what the standard is. Test the spirits. Well, but they look like a Christian and they know some Bible verses even. Yeah, so? Remember the devil quoted Scripture to Jesus? Up on the pinnacle of the temple? 
Satan said to him, this was after he said, command these stones to be made bread. After Jesus had fasted for 40 days, probably bread sounded pretty good. But remember the devil said, cast yourself off, the scripture says, quoting out of Psalms. The angels will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. I'm sure that what a demonstration of God's power right there for everybody to see. And Jesus rebuked him. Remember, the devil knows scripture. Somebody might ask the question, then why doesn't he believe it? I mean, hasn't he read in Revelation what his outcome, his absolute end will be? Yeah. Do you know why he didn't believe it? Pride. Isaiah 14 says that he was beautiful in all of his ways until pride entered his heart. And pride, what it did to Satan, is the very exact same thing it does to human beings. Pride blinds people to their ultimate end. We're only here for a short time, friends. You know, if you drive in down Kimberly Road, you get over there by... When you start coming into town, you see all those memorial stones, uh, all those, those uh, uh, markers on the graves. We're only here for a short time. And when we think about that for a minute, we need to be aware that what's the ultimate place is going to be? What, where, where, where's everybody going to go here? I, 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 and, and I've shared this before. Everybody living today is determining what position you're going to hold in eternity forever. Pretty important. Now, if you're a Christian, and I pray you are, and what do I mean by a Christian? Well, it's pretty simple, really. In fact, Jesus said it like this, except a man become as a child, he'll not enter into the kingdom of heaven. He didn't make it hard. He didn't make it based upon money. Only those with wealth can go into the kingdom of heaven. No, in fact, Jesus actually said the opposite. How hard is it for somebody with money to go into the kingdom of heaven? Why is that? They trust their money, not God. And you don't have any money, man. You're praying, go, God, please let the car start one more time. You know, please let the washing machine do one more load. When you got money, you buy a new car, you buy buy a new washing machine. You don't pray about anything anymore. You see, that's how God works in our life. And there's a day that we're here for, and then we're not here anymore. So how important then is it that we determine what purpose I'm here for? If you're a Christian, and again, that means somebody that simply said, Lord, I'm a failure. I'm a goofball. God, whatever I've got left in my life, you can have it. I've turned my life over to you. And To make it simple, you turn the title deed or you turn the pink slip of your life over to God and say, God, whatever left I got, you've got. From this day forward, I want to be your kid and I want to live for you. That's what being a Christian is. Then God begins this wonderful refining refining process that he does in our life. Why is that? Why do we need to be refined? Because we ain't complete. And there's areas that God wants to bring out in us to develop us. So he says, let us love one another. Love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 
In this love, God has manifested towards us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might believe through him. That's the bottom line, friends. Through him. You see, the only son he had. When I talk to people in religions and they believe God had a lot of sons, you know, uh, well, you know, how dare you say that Jesus is the only way to salvation. Well, first of all, I didn't say it. Jesus said it. I always like that argument that I've gotten into with people, and I get into it quite often when I share faith, because they will bring that up. Well, do you believe there's a lot of paths to God? Actually, no. There's only one. In fact, the Bible says broad is the road that leads to destruction. Straight and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. How did Jesus define that? He said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. In that verse, Jesus categorically said, all the religions of the world are bogus. Whoa. So when somebody says, well, who is Jesus? Well, he was a great teacher. I always love to get into the philosophical arguments with people. He was a great teacher. Oh, he was one of the greats. He had a lot of truth. He was was one of those, those, those people in history that really made a difference. Really? Did you ever study what Jesus said? Oh, yes, I've studied. I know all about that love thing. Really? Well, what about where he said no one goes to heaven except through him? Now what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with him? Because if Jesus said he's the only way we get to heaven, either one, he's a liar and not a good teacher, or he is who he says he is. That's important. Because... It's mutually exclusive. You can't say Jesus is a great teacher if he says he's the only way to heaven. And if you tell somebody, hey, Jesus is the only way to get to heaven, not through your religion, not through joining your church or organization or whatever it might be, but it's your faith simply in him saying, God, whatever I got left is yours. That then does not appear to be, and here it is, friends, that doesn't appear to be loving. In fact, I do believe, and if you've been listening to CSN at all, whether you listen to Jan Markell or any of the others that we have on CSN, they all believe there's going to be a time coming when preaching true Christianity is going to be considered hate crime. Why is that? Because when you look at somebody and say, I love you, but what you believe is not going to grant you the ultimate outcome of what you want in your life, and that's eternal life. That's not loving. You're mean. If you say certain lifestyles are not going to inherit the kingdom of God, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, they will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Whether you're born again, whether you're not born again, doesn't make any difference. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, brethren, do not be deceived. He didn't write it to a bar or a brothel. He wrote it to the church. Brethren, don't be deceived. People who practice 
That means that's your lifestyle. These things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Oh, you're being judgmental. That's not loving. Really? Well, I didn't say it. God said it. And by you, me, saying what the Bible says will be interpreted as not being loving because of certain people's lifestyle. The Bible says, hey, you're not going there. You're not going to make it. Well, you're just not loving. Well, may I suggest entering God's word. Not every spirit is telling the truth. So, as we look at this, in this love, verse 10, in this love, not that we love God, and here it is, friends, that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, to be the intercessor for our sins. It's not that we love God, it's that God loved us. I like that. God made the first move. In fact, God, knowing all the screw-ups that I would do in my life, even as a Christian, God still says, you're my boy. God looks at you and says, you're my man. You're my girl. Remember that. You see, because here's why that's important. God, knowing everything, still chose you to be on his team. You know what I like about that? God's bigger than the things that we've done wrong. Aren't you glad? What kind of a God is it that you do something so bad that God can't forgive you and goes, oh, that person's gone? No. The Bible tells us he's bigger than the things we've done wrong. You say, well, I've wrecked my life. No, you haven't. Devil wants you to believe that. God never said that. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I like that. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. God loving you and me in spite of all of our junk still loved us. Now here's the picture John is painting. If God loved us in spite of our buckets of trash that we haul around in our lives, then we ought to love one another in spite of the trash they have in their baskets. I heard it one time, uh, some kids interpreting the Bible. And by the way, there, there have been different versions of the Bible. There used to be the hippie Bible. Years ago in the late 60s, early 70s, the Lord is my main man, I shall not want. Though I walk through the darkest alley, you know, kind of thing. You know, they, well, came to the Lord's Prayer, a group of kids, true story. And this one little boy prays. He said, Lord, forgive us our trash baskets of those who put trash in our baskets. It's true. And when we look at this, we realize something. God loved us in spite of our failures, love one another in spite of theirs. That means if we see somebody overtaken in a fault, we bear with them. We reach out to them. We love them. We share with them. We don't say, oh, you're in a cult. You're going to hell. (laughs) See you, pal. No, you go out and you say, hey, listen, you're on the wrong road. Well, I really love my neighbor. I don't want to wake him up, man, in the middle of the night. I love my neighbor. I'm I'm, I'm loved by everybody on the block, and I don't want to wake my neighbor up, even though there's fire coming out of his upstairs. 
No, you, if you really love them, you will go over and beat the door down or break the windows out and haul their kids out to safety. It isn't that we just say, oh, I love you. Be comfort, be filled, and stay on the road you're on. No, God does something great in our lives. As God has loved you, so love others. How do you want somebody to talk to you about an issue in your life that's wrong? The same way I believe that you would talk to somebody else. When you see an issue in their life, that's the same way you'd want them to address the issue in yours. Not coming up and saying, you dumbhead. Now, every once in a while, we need a dumbhead moment. I, I think we all recognize that. Where, you know, somebody comes up and says, what are you doing? And we go, I don't know. Well, I, I think every once in a while we have that. But generally speaking, how do you want somebody to talk to you if you're overtaken in a fault? That's the way we talk to somebody else. Love takes time. Love takes consideration. What is the ultimate goal for a Christian? To accept him as our Savior and to be transformed more like him. That's what our goal is. Not to try to talk somebody out of who Jesus Christ is. Not to tell somebody you're going to be the God of your own planet someday. Not some other thing, but really the bottom line. What is that? Again, don't believe every spirit. Test the spirits to see if they're of God. We not only use these verses right here to test to see if they're of God, but we have the entirety of God's word. That's why it's important that we know God's word. That way you're not taken advantage of. This morning, we're going to stop here. If you're not right with God, and what I mean by that is you don't feel, you don't recognize that God there's, there's animosity between you and God. There's great news here that can all be gone today. By simply, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John said that in 1 John. That means owning up to your sins. That's something Adam and Eve didn't do in the garden. Well, you know, that woman you gave me, God. If there's a problem, why I ate of the tree, it's either you or her. I don't know who's the problem here. That woman you gave me. So it's your fault or her fault. Duke it out. Let me know how the, what the outcome is. God didn't take that well. They ended up getting booted out of the garden. They got booted out of God's best because they wouldn't own up. Well, Eve, why did you eat it? Well, that's a serpent. It's always somebody else's fault. We're masters of excuses. And finally, when we truly come to Christ, we just say, okay, Lord, no more excuses. I'm a sinner. I need your salvation. Forgive me. And God says with his love, I love you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, God's the initiator. We're the responder. If you're tired of running from God, Wondering if your past will ever catch up to you. It will. The good news is it can be forgiven. When we confess our sins, he's faithful just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You want to do that this morning? You want to let God do what he wants to do in your life? Well, he will. Let's pray. Father, for each person in this room today, each person listening around the world on the internet, on the radios, 
Lord, we just pray that for every person, we recognize our need for you. And we ask you for your forgiveness in our life. That once that stuff is gone, we can truly represent you in a world that doesn't know you. And that Jesus, in fact, you did come in person. You did come to this world. The God that we lost in the garden, God, you came and walked with man that you created. And so this morning, may you touch, refresh, heal each person listening in Jesus' name. And may we pass from death unto life, be about your business, and let your light shine through us. And may truly we love one another in spite of our shortcomings, but may we love one another just as you have loved us. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.